For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live.
stand by as we uh, connect up All News Network and uh, get ready to uh, stream live on both TalkShoe, All News Network, and hopefully very soon here, <coughs> Eurofolk Radio. So we'll be kind of silent here for a, for a moment while we uh, link up. Stand by. The person you're trying to reach is not available. Please leave a message after the beep. Okay, finally got that fixed. That helped getting music off for you? <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah. 
I don't know that it did or didn't. Okay. It just booted me off. I don't know why. It just, you know. Oh, okay. it, yeah, it's. I'm back on now. So we're live on TalkShoe, waiting to go live here. Okay, um, let me boot down the stuff. We're going to run the um, donation ads. Okay. And your new, new intro and then your music intro. Oh, you're going to do that one too? Okay. You want that one too? Sure. I'm glad you got it worked out. Yeah. You know, I had to shut down the, the actual studio to give the building back. Oh, in the States? Or in, yeah, in yeah. the States. And we reworked the servers so that the only real uh, media feed connection was out of Columbia. So that probably cut your cost on bandwidth down, didn't it? Between the rent and the bandwidth, it was too expensive. So. Well, I'm glad you figured it out and did something. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Javier got it all figured out. He's good. He's a good tech. Ooh, good. Got to have one of those guys. He's like Duran. Oh yeah. You're listening to All News Network, and now your host for the Waterman File, Dr. John Waterman. Can you hear this okay? I can. I can, yes. To the waterman. Okay, at the end of this, you're live. All right. Back in business. (laughs) Yeah, man. Rock and roll. (laughs) Actually, we played a disco song. I couldn't resist it. (laughs) Good. Funky town. All right. Got my partners at Valley Medical to kick in a couple hundred dollars a month for advertising. So, well, there you go. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman. And of course, you aren't alone. And to save time, we will just get right into it. I hope he's listening to that. We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. 
true. You are not alone. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Grundgriff, you are not alone. Grundgriff, you are not alone. We are in this together. Yes, it's important to know that uh, you are not alone and we're in this together. And I'm glad to be here with you today. Whenever you, wherever you might be, wherever you might be listening to us, we're glad you're here. We have all these chat rooms open. We have our two networks back up. Uh, third is going to be streaming soon. But welcome to the All News Network live stream. It's been re-nerded. And we are streaming live out of South America to cut stream cost and bandwidth cost and whatever else it took to make this happen because huge numbers of people are listening and we need your help continuing to stay on the air. In the meantime, today, as we enter close to spring, I want to dedicate the broadcast to the late my late friend Frank Shin, who was, as you know, my mentor. He was a former military counter-espionage for 45 years. And uh, I... Um, want to dedicate today, spring, the beginning, almost spring, I should say. The first day of March kind of feels like it here in this south part of the country. And uh, the new beginnings, as you know, Frank had uh, quite a career. He was a patriot. He was uh, he loved America. Um, he was the target of an assassination attempt, and his he lost his wife due to that. And uh, the boys that you see, uh, Romney, that's playing up on the All News Network uh, news blog today, you'll see um, Castro involved, and that's who assassinated his wife. Um, There was an attempt, of course, on his second wife. Um, But anyway, I'm glad to be here, and it's dedicated to him. Today we have, in our first hour... Jane Jenkins, who is back with us, and we're going to continue to talk about the explosions (laughs) that happen in our families and in our lives. And we're going to continue, oh, wherever we feel like going, I guess. But, But we're going to probably cover some ground here that we didn't get covered in our first hour. Welcome back, Jane. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Doc? I am doing great. I'm doing fine. <laughs> we've been uh, we've been reconfiguring uh, and and getting all the streams. It just we just got slam dunked, and uh, so we're just trying to resurrect and keep things uh, rolling with uh, in the budget. So we're glad that you're back. We know that we. We uh, had an opportunity to uh, recommend you and your book, and an interview, I guess, occurred uh, with Aaron Dakins on The Truth Traveler. I hope that went well for you. It was great, yeah. I None of my family was surprised I could talk for two hours. <laughs> I have always had the gift of gab, and that's never a surprise. So I, it went really, really good. I was really happy with it. Well, Jane, you're here because you have quite an experience in the background in uh, troubling uh, explosions in families with children and parents. 
Why don't you tell everybody what your website is and the book that you just uh, finished? Okay. My website is called Shaping the Child Parenting because parenting is not for whips. So that's kind of a good beginning to let you know that <laughs> this is meant to be a tough website. It's meant to be straight talk. Um, one of the uh, There's kind of a, a disclaimer, I guess, on the front page of it. Where So when you enter in, there's a cartoon that automatically comes in and it warns you that there's no political correctness here, that this is going to be a straight talk territory, <laughs> and um, if you don't like it, don't come, <laughs> basically, <laughs> because that, that way I can say, look, I told you, I told you this is going to be tough stuff, but we're, our, we're in a point in our society today that there's there's no room for political correctness. There's no room for mixing words and for not saying it like it is. And I think we have done ourselves a lot of harm by being so uh, babied in a sense, I guess, that that you can't hurt someone's feelings. You get your feelings hurt easy. I mean, it's just it's craziness. It's just really crazy. So now this that, is meant to be a tough book and a tough website. Now that website is... Shaping the Child? Shapingthechild.com will get you there. Now, this isn't just about people that have children. Actually, I've got to say, uh, Jane, uh, this can help everybody. Oh, absolutely. Because you get into things that really you're talking about dysfunctions, dysfunctional relationships. Uh, right. you've, you've got, uh, of course, you, you came into this because that's the arena that you were noticing and the children. But then you went and you said, it's not the children. We need to talk to the parents. Well, that's, you know, exactly. that, that's pretty much every adult listening to the broadcast. And even if you don't right. have children, that doesn't mean if you don't have children, you're, dysfun- you're not dysfunctional or that you can't get some help from the book. Why? Right. Because... Uh, it's pretty straight talk. It's about relationships. That that's the that's the most important aspect of it is trying to find out how to at least not be bulletproof. We can't be bulletproof, but how do we resurrect or survive the explosions? Right, <laughs> as you call right. it. And exactly. And I also think it's really important and for everyone that everyone can benefit from it simply mm-hmm. in learning how to treat others. There and in how and learning how to buoy them up and help them be better people, and in turn, we will as well. So I think it, it definitely everyone can benefit from this. If you're a childless couple and you um, the the chapter alone on um, marriage is excellent, and I really believe it can turn a marriage around if you'll take the time to and the effort. This is. It's straight talk, and it also requires effort on your part, and that's why I say parenting's not for wimps. And these days, uh, living isn't for wimps. <laughs> You've got to be kind of tough. Well, I think some of our political candidates here on Super Tuesday need to read this book. I've I've I never do. seen I've never seen <laughs> such a vile language or reference oh, I know. in a in a it's in really a camp. Bad. Isn't that now that I call real dysfunction? That that. I mean, when we go lower to this baser, uh, it's really a mess, isn't it? I mean, uh, it almost makes you want to leave the country if some of these candidates actually get elected. (laughs) I know. 
And, and actually, um, in their case, I would like a little political correctness. <laughs> I'd, I'd like them to be a little nicer and, and more decent to each other. Well, you know what? <laughs> Not a very good example. The golden rule isn't being followed, particularly with agendas and people that are at those kind of levels. You kind of got to wonder who's behind the scenes causing this eruption to occur. Right, right. Uh, well, in, sorry. No, go ahead. It kind of plays into where we are today as a society. It's like crudeness, um, being rash and blunt, and how I guess we're politically correct in trying <laughs> to not say the wrong things, but on the other hand, our I think our uh, entitled mentality um, has created people who it's all about them. And they don't really focus on what other people, what they can do for others. It's just all about me. And that's a problem when you live your oh, life man. like that. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, geez, yes. Really, really. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Uh, we're a very narcissistic society today, aren't we? I mean, yeah. can you imagine that any time in the history of mankind, that there would be these things called selfie, uh, 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 these little poles that you put on your phone yeah. so you can take pictures at a distance of yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I, you know, I just, I guess my brain didn't come up that way. Um, right. It's just phenomenal. I got to ask you this question. I don't know, you know, when you go to websites and they allow comments. What do you think is reflected in these comments anymore? It seems like it becomes almost a vicious uh, pile of, of venomous attacks. And either we're seeing society at large becoming that way, or we're having trolls that are paid to go in in certain vi venues to actually do that. What do you think the virtual world has done for for our ability to be cloaked? It's almost like it unleashed the bad in us. Did, don't you do you see where I'm going with this? It's like yeah. they could hide um, and bad, be bad now. Right. I I think ultimately what it comes down to is um, so many of the youth today do not have good relationships with their parents. And even siblings, they have, they're not grounded in who they are. And so many of them want this attention. And that attention seems to, I mean, and the worst behavior seems to get them that attention. Rather than get them negative attention for doing bad things, it seems to give positive attention. Huh. And it just makes you wonder why and where that's come from. And I think a lot of it is this... Um, I think a lot of it just it, it, it comes down to the breakdown of the family for me, and the fact that the kids are off on their own too often, to where they don't know how to build relationships. And we're in a couple of generations of this now. Um, I would I really encourage people to go to my website, and the, the February controversial article is still up. And this is a whole <laughs> another thing that has me completely puzzled, because. I cannot get people to engage on this website. 
And so I thought, are people so afraid to get out there and say what they're thinking because they're afraid they're going to get attacked? And I think, honestly, I think that's what some of it might what might be going on. And it's it's funny because my my whole controversial article is it's called um, "Why Do We Have the Entitled Mentality?" and something something like, frankly, kids are spoiled rotten. Uh, you haven't I, I, you haven't I, had a response because Hillary hasn't seen it yet. You know. That might be it. That might be it. <laughs> but the, and then the tail end of it is simply to try to get people to say, I've got to go find out what she's talking about. Because then I say, it may be your grandma's fault or maybe even your great-grandma's fault. And that <laughs> is meant to entice people to come and take a look at what I'm talking about. And I would love to get a conversation going. And the purpose of these is so we mm-hmm. can learn how to have civil discord. And I really, well, I'm getting ready to write one, another one in March, and I think it's going to be on the entitled um, generation because I really, really think, think that that has had a very long, last, a wide, um, uh, what's the word, Re- consequence, basically. I can't come up with the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a consequence of the entitled generation that, and I think it's multiple generation by now, to where the mothers and parents and parents of these, I didn't necessarily say mothers, but the parents of these children today were also that entitled entitled generation. And you need to read my article to understand what I'm talking about. But I think we're in the second generation of this. So we've got 20, 40 years to kind of back up here and say, where did we go wrong? You know how you could only have winners? I mean, everyone has to have a first place. <laughs> that was about a generation ago. And it was, re- it was retarded then as much as it is now to where we can't have winners and losers or someone's going to get their feelings hurt. Come on, people, <laughs> this is real life. <laughs> you know, like, and it's just ridiculous. And I think it has done a lot of damage to the point that now we have college-age students that are following Whatever's popular, whoever's cool, whoever, I mean, if you look at our political process right now, whoever's the rock star, I mean, it's, do they know how to look at substance and what true character is and what genuine people look like and and act like? I think that we've lost a lot of that, sadly. Um, Yeah, there's a lot that's changed. It seems like to me values have been, you know, shifted. We've We've had the schools, too, move quite a bit into values clarification, uh, only to bring us down more, I think. You know, we don't need to have uh, outside family uh, doing this. You know, it's almost as if they teach parents what, you know, hands off, uh, be politically correct, and then the children do not know what the consequences of this bad behavior is until they get right smack in face in in the legal system and find themselves either facing juvenile court or the police. And the consequences there usually result in people that really don't care about them. They just do it. You know, they just, it's consequences without the love that the parents would have. And I think, tell us a little bit about it. Isn't it, 
loving people. As I think we've heard some of these uh, ministries say stuff like uh, tough love. Have we lost tough love? Tell us your thoughts about tough love. What is tough love? I think we absolutely have lost it. And what really comes to my mind is one of the books that I talk about, um, which I talked briefly about because they didn't give me permission to write it. I think I mentioned that last time. But Love and Logic is the best discipline book that I have found because it allows natural consequences to occur. And I think that's one of the biggest faults that parents are making today because these entitled, spoiled, rotten, frankly, kids are not getting the natural consequence. You know what? If you don't like what we're having for supper tonight, I'm so sorry. I hope you like what we're having for breakfast. And if you don't like what we're having for breakfast, man, you're going to be hungry by the time lunch comes (laughs) along. But you're not going to be a short... You can't be a short order chef and and just be making, I mean, no, this is what we're having and this is what you eat. That's just a small example of parents not allowing, letting their kids rule the roost instead of them being strong parents and not wimpy parents and really parenting their children. And they are hurting their children so badly because other people will not cater to them like they are catering to them. Um, and I think that's a lot of it. I don't think I answered your question. <laughs> no, you did. What was it again? <laughs> no, you okay. did. Uh, uh, let's go to a restaurant, for example. In the public, we have a family with a bunch of kids that are rowdy. Next to that table is an older couple, and uh, they're just so loud. The you know the older fellow may have a hearing aid that hurts his ears. It's really just you know the squealing and the and the rowdiness is just disturbing the older couple. Right. Right. It's kind of hard for them to say, you know, can you please calm your children down so we can have a civilized dinner? How are we right. supposed to deal Without with offending. these? Yes. How, how are we supposed yes. to, to deal with it? You know, because parents say, well, they're just children. It's as if they don't. They're, here's a perfect opportunity for parents to actually teach their children to respect older people. And they don't do it. Absolutely, right. You you mentioned so this kind of early. You mentioned this kind of thing before too. Remember when you said that when somebody opens the door for you, you say uh, thank you for your kindness. Mm-hmm. You know that's a, mm-hmm. that's that's a reinforcement of behavior, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And how often do people? And, and I also mentioned that it was a little awkward for me at first, which is shameful. Why would it be awkward? And it's because we, we're not used to that kind of discord. We're not used to hearing people compliment in a way that really addresses their character and who they are. Um, and by just saying, instead of saying thank you, you add, when you add, that's so kind of you, it, I, I think people are kind of taken back. Like they just, like, whoa. And, and it, what's so sad is that it was kind of uncomfortable to say that. And, but look how I think, but that I wonder if that person reacts a little differently after that. And if maybe they started doing some, something mm-hmm. unkind, if maybe they thought, hmm, I was just told I was kind today. And if their behavior doesn't change because of it, and in a positive way, that's what we can do with our children and our family members, is it's so easy to put negative labels on our kids, bossy, selfish, messy, you know, that's easy to throw out. But turn that around and put those positive character traits out there, uh-huh. there, and then the next time they're 
tempted to lie or to steal or something, then um, the fact that your parents just told you you were an honest child, I appreciate you how honest you are, then is that going to make a difference? And to the idea of them disappointing their parents. And see, I think a lot of that's gone because in the busy, busyness of the families, they're not taking time to really engage. And uh, I'm going to blame a lot of that squarely on uh, our politicians. And I'm going to say it from an economic view, that they haven't allowed us to be able to have anything except almost two people working, which doesn't give much room for parents right. to, to, to nurture at home because they're, they're gone. And yeah. uh, it's very difficult. It's yeah. very difficult. It's it's it's. A, I, I think it's a war on the family. I do too. Well, and and I mean, we could really get political about this, which isn't the direction I I want to go either. But um, and but when you think about it, if you can break down the family, then family relies on the government. Oh. And then the more they rely on the government, the more control there is. I totally, totally think a lot of mm-hmm. this is on purpose. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. But, well, I think yeah, what your entitlement is saying is, you know, how many of these people today have hardworking teenagers during their summer vacation uh, like we used right. to? It doesn't happen anymore. It's... It's no. like they've got to have the newest car, they've got to have the clothes, they got to, you know, and it gets given to them without, without the character building that comes with uh, the value. And, you know, then you right. put, the when it work. comes, yeah, the hard work puts value yeah. on those things. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, have you driven by a high school um, parking lot lately? Sometimes their cars oh, are better. Oh, my goodness. I'd love to have a fourth of those cars in the <laughs> compared to what I drive. Yeah, you know, it, it is bad. The teachers' cars sometimes are worse than the than the high schoolers. <laughs> probably, probably. Our our grandsons, both our oldest grandsons, have been amazing basketball players. And one of the things that um, oh, what I lost my train of thought. The the talent is shocking the talent of these players out there on the field. And I go back to when I was in high school, and I thought, why were the players back then not near as talented? Well, the reason is because they had part-time jobs to try to earn a car, to get a beater, (laughs) to drive around at 16. And they didn't have time to put the time and energy into practice. And these days, that's all it is, is just whatever their, their certain interest is in school, it's, 100% 100% that, and the parents are right there with them 100% to where there is little downtime in families. There is little time for playing games, for eating dinner together and all that. Did I talk about eating together? No. At the, the last no, let's time? talk about it. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. The statistics are awesome with the importance of eating dinner together. And let me look for my notes here so I can get it right. But this is, I consider this an easy prevention. I try to have explosions in the book, and then I give easy fixes. Okay. This is one of the most easy fixes, and it's specifically for alcohol and substance abuse. If a family will eat dinner five to seven times a week, 
I'm not talking three meals a day. I'm talking five to seven times a week. So that would be preferable when the whole family can be together and eat. It, um, okay, let me, where's my statistic here? 40% of adult alcoholics identify onset between ages 15 and 19 years of age. That's not the statistic I was looking at, but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's around 60% improvement for alcohol and substance abuse when wow. families eat together. That is a simple, simple thing to do. And this study has been around for a very long time. It um, demonstrates that adolescents who drink alcohol are more likely to participate in other high-risk behaviors, including sexual activity. Marijuana is another drug that can affect an adolescent's decision-making, decrease inhibitions, and thereby increase risk-taking behaviors. These family dinners, and the key is the communication. Now, if everyone's sitting around the table every night at dinner time and they're on the phone, it does not count. We're talking, communicating. We're, or watching we're TV talking. while they're eating. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Turn off the TV, turn off the phones, and make that. And, and don't yell at your kids for not eating or being sloppy. Engage in positive conversation. Those good hormones kick on and actually help digestion when they're laughing and talking and enjoying. That is one of the easiest times to bond, to compliment your children. I encourage in the book to to uh, compliment your children, just look for something to compliment them about. If they talk about a problem or a kid at school that's having a struggle, then that's a great chance to say, wow, what can you do tomorrow to, to make them feel better? And then they come back and they report, and you just gush all over them and tell them how thoughtful that was and how kind, and that's when you can instill some of those character traits. And dinner time, they won't want to miss supper. They will want to be home if the experience that you have around that dinner table is enjoyable to them and they are, are getting the rewards of their good behavior. And that is mm-hmm. such an easy, easy thing to do. No, it's not. It's not. I lied. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> not when you're in the habit of doing it, but it's an easy fix to some really major problems. They want to feel connected mm-hmm. to their parents more than any other person on this earth. Well, that's a formula. It's a simple form. It's 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 it within is. the reach of being able to be done by anybody. It's so simple. Exactly. It's just a matter exactly. of wanting to do it and making it happen, right? Right. And that study's in my book. And I thought I had it down here, but I don't. But the study's in my book. That's what... It, I have looked, I, that's part of the reason I wanted to write this, and I was excited to have it turn out that I ought to tell this story about how the explosions happened, too. Um, now it came about to be talking about explosions, but I really try to give easy fixes for these problems, and they are really so very easy. I think you've got and a so point. I think you're developing a point here where you're reinforcing the good character, right? And And yes, how can... Whole, we cannot have shame. You know, we have so many uh, of, the, of the people today, even the adults, they have shameless behavior. It's like that you right. can't even be shamed. So I think really we got to have this reinforcement, don't we? This language seems like to be able to show, uh, 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 you know, like the, the, the family or the, the children of the family, 
here's what we expect. Here's what's good. Because if they don't know what's good, then they can't be shamed when they don't behave correctly. But if they don't know what is expected, then how can they be shameful? I mean, there will be shameful behavior because, you know, the values weren't uh, clear. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Well, it's the to-be. You're creating the to-be part. Rather than just focusing on their behavior, you're instilling those character traits that help them become who they are. And when they have good character traits instilled in them, then they, they make good choices, which have good consequences. That's the whole key. And when oh, they have boy. to make those good choices, it will follow. You make bad choices, you have bad consequences. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And well, so, yeah, it definitely takes some parenting to do that, but it's not hard. It's not hard. It's just different. And you just need to, to be strong so. enough to make those changes. Well, you know, being klutzy uh, is not an intent. I mean, if you're a clumsy child... A lot of teenagers go through a phase where they, you know, knock everything over. You know, they knock their glass of milk over. You know, uh, it's that growing spurt that just hasn't caught up with uh, the coordination factor, I guess. I don't know. I think everybody has those. Uh, That's not a a bad behavior. That's not intent, is it? Um, No. so, So I think a lot of parents make the mistake, though, of punishing them for things that they can't control, don't you? Because they they just get after them for anything they do wrong. How how do we? Go ahead. Empathy is a perfect. Empathy is a perfect character trait. Okay. To learn yourself and to teach, because when when empathy is so much deeper than sympathy, you're not just feeling sorry for. You're being empathetic and putting yourself in their place. Who does not spill something somewhere at some time? And <laughs> especially at the dinner table. Yes, if they're messing around and they've been told 20 times, and have a consequence for it. But allow mistakes to happen. No one is perfect. And you do see parents getting after kids all the time. We've just got to focus on being more positive and being okay. the kind of parents that our children want to be around and vice versa. And it all, when you start laughing and playing and having fun, doesn't that just multiply so easily? And that builds those wonderful hormones that create bonding and just make a happier family. We're just so stressed and busy today that we need, our our family tradition has always been to have one night a week. Uh, We call it family home evening, and we have one night a week where we rotate. We've, we're fortunate enough to have some, four of our grand, six of our grandchildren here, but in this one family we have four, and they're little kids, and everyone takes a turn in doing something, and someone gives a lesson, someone has an activity, someone has a refreshment, and we do it, we set a certain night every week. We look so forward to that night that we get together and we play and we have fun and we learn and we grow and you can have lessons on whatever they might need. It can be spiritual. It can be uh, manners. It can be anything that you feel like your family needs. And it's a wonderful time if people would just give that one night a week. Kind of like what we were talking about last week, the, the 15 hours of a week for couples. 
to bond and stay close. Oh yeah, yeah. And people think, and people think that that's unrealistic. That's <laughs> two hours a day. In fact, if you go on a if you go on a date and you put three or four hours a week, that takes care of a lot of it. Then you're down to one and a half hours a day. Sure, sure. And if 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 that relationship is solid and sound, then everything and Kids learn very quickly how to pit mom against dad and vice versa, and you've got to be a united friend, and that's one thing my oh, yeah. my uh, chapter on marriage is has a lot of really, really good sound ideas for marriage. Well, we've got a question in the chat room that's probably a good time to, to throw in here. Um, okay. It's uh, how can grandparents help or be involved? What's their role? Um, if they are, if it's a, okay, grandparents. Um, Would they be in that family night? Family, yeah, I mean, that's what we do. We've got, um, we've got our son-in-law's mother and then us and then our daughter and her husband and four grandkids. And that's what we do one time one time a week. So everybody gets but together. Everyone gets together okay. one, time a, one time a night. And nothing else happens. You don't plan anything on that night. Uh, you pick a day that hopefully games and everything won't be on, but it's always that same time every week, and we miss it when we don't have it. Got to start making family the priority instead of everything else. Oh, if that's you want to have sure. a close relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you want to have a close relationship, you've got to work at it like anything. And Isn't it amazing what people say they're going to do when they win the lottery? Lots of money. It can Enough to, re, you know, never have to work again. How many of them never say, now I get to, you know, uh, spend more time with my family? Occasionally you'll get a few of those that say that. But some of them say, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that. You hear all the things they're going to do, but none of the do's has anything to do. Finally, I get to spend time with my family. It just seems like the focus, and it's just simply uh, whether you're wanting to focus. What's your thoughts? Why do we not focus this way? Let me give you just a really, really, really brief comment, and I learned this years ago. There was some kind of lesson that I was doing, and I happened to research people that won lotteries and what happens to them. And, oh, it was abysmal. It was horrible. So many committed suicide. So many of them declared bankruptcy. I mean, it was unbelievable the horrible consequences that came for that. So next time you just think that that's going to be the best thing for your family, spend the money on going out to eat. <laughs> yeah, I don't think okay, I'll well, ever win nice myself to... either. I'm not going to probably ever win it. I don't ever do it, so I guess I'll never win. I was going to say, yeah, I don't buy, I don't put any money into it, so there's no way I can win it. Yeah, I apologize. <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> well, you anyway, we've got the grandparents involved, and you have a night that actually lets them come out and uh, and do that. Let me ask you this. I can remember when I was young. That's not even in my book, actually. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> <just> for me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> well, uh, when I was young, I, I grew up on this farm that was being, you know, swallowed up by suburbia. By the time I hit college, it was, we had some of the farm sold off. But I grew up on it. And uh, 
The kitchen was huge. And if you ever wanted to go to the center of activity, it always was right. the meal. Every right. Everything yeah. was happening yeah. around that table of food time. And, and uh, right. it, it just seemed to be like the gathering. It wasn't the living room. It wasn't the game room. Right. It wasn't the TV. Right. It was that kitchen area. What what do you think's changed? <laughs> the Waltons that that have to read it, the listeners won't have a clue what I'm saying. Oh well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I think it's the busyness. I think uh, what it is is both parents working and thinking mm. that their children need to be in every extracurricular activity there is on earth or anything that they have an interest. And I think that my my personal opinion is you need to limit your activities with your children so that you're not being run ragged and they're not being dragged all over the place and say you get one extracurricular activity you choose, which you ah, choose. Okay. So there's still family time. Make it a priority to still have family time because it's gone. I mean, parents and kids are run ragged, and there are kids that are saying, I would love to stay home and not have to do all this. And so I think parents just need to be parents again in that regard and just control it and find out what's okay. best. What are your kids? Are they, you know, listen to what they're saying. If they're not liking it, and they have peer pre- they have the social pressure with everyone else. Well, if you're not doing this and this, then you're not cool. I worked in the school system enough, and I happened to work with uh, families um, on Medicaid. And it was amazing to me how knowing that they um, were supported by the, not supported by the government, but um, had additional benefits from the government. But kids still had iPhones. Kids still had the newest clothes. <laughs> but what was shocking to me was that they put it, it they're, they're uh, I want to say they snub people if they don't have the latest things. And that, I think, is one of the saddest things that's going on, mm. is the fact that kids associate their value with the latest things. How sad is that? Rather than, now, if your children are having those positive character traits put in them, they have better value than just to think that things matter and that things are all that's important. That, I saw that over and over, and it just really broke my heart. In the last uh, 15 or more minutes, which should be plenty of time here, let's get into that those chapters again, uh, give them a little bit more time uh, that we talked about before, and that was 14 and 15, wasn't it? Um, Yes. Why don't you tell us about them? Okay. Um, Good. I I want to do that. This this is something also that's just very, um, very important to, for parents to learn and to know. 14 and 15 are many explosions occur due to the lack of boundaries. Um, when, because of adolescents' brains still being under construction, their nerve pathways are forming, and adolescents can become addicted more easily when they engage in the activities that are in an addictive nature, the mm. drug use, gambling, video gaming, pornography, sexual experiences, all of those addictions, um, the repetitive behavior itself creates channels. uh, That's not the right word to say. You mold the brain. And 
that's sure pathways are practiced on it exactly it's easier to follow the path that that's familiar mentally than the path that needs new uh you know ground plowed we're plowing new ground when you yeah pathways much much smoother that's used more often isn't it right and all of these addictions um as the individual strives to achieve a dopamine mediated pleasure that's what kicks it in that makes them want to have more. Um, these things that are mentioned are, I mean, I think I have a line through this, which means that I talked about it last time. And um, let me say this one quilt. This one study revealed that adolescents who had involvement in any drinking, smoking, or sexual activity were significantly more likely to suffer from depression, suicidal ideation, and mm. suicidal and suicide attempts. So those things are very important to make sure you monitor your children, that that's not all they're doing is gaming and all of that. And some of, we didn't cover this last time that I would like to mention a couple things here. Dopamine um, or desensitization can come through movies, blood, violence, video games, pornography. Dopamine is a nerve chemical or neurotransmitter that promotes communication among the brain cells. In addition, dopamine acts in particular areas of the brain to mediate the sensation of pleasure from rewarding activities like sex or eating. Illicit drugs mimic dopamine or stimulate the release of unusually high levels of natural occurring dopamine in the reward centers of the brain to produce strong pleasure sensations, motivating users to repeat the behavior and contributing to the cycle of addiction. So... There's a sense of security for those people who have those addictions, where it's a feel-good experience, and they're physically feeling good when they engage in that. So that can well, really that makes be a sense problem. because all it these makes- all these games that uh, they get to playing. I mean, it seems like gaming has just exploded and it's like they have they just live in this fake world it's uh right shooting right. and killing well, and, and if you die you get to get back up that's not how it really works you know? <laughs> no no and that's really scary to me that they become so desensitized to that to death and and to gore and the blood and all of that that they see um the the um video games Oh, and what I was going to say, too, is then when they're together and they're laughing and playing and having fun and more often than not maybe getting angry because they're not doing as good as they should, but when they're playing and laughing and having fun, that also kicks in those feel-good hormones, which makes them to want to do more. So everything, I have a chapter in there on everything in moderation. You see anything where your your children are doing too much of the same thing, and the parents are right there with them playing these, these a lot of these video games. I heard on the news the other day, it was probably a couple months ago, that, and someone, you may have heard about it, someone was killed, and this guy killed this other guy because he was afraid he was going to turn into... Uh, a vampire. Uh, that's not the word I'm wanting. But he actually zombie? killed him. Because, <laughs> pardon? Some kind of zombie game or something? Yes, 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 yes. But in real life, this friend killed him because Ooh. he was afraid he was going to turn into a zombie. Oh, geez. He literally killed the guy. 
Now, if you don't think things have gotten out of control, and look how lifelike these video games are. They're extremely, you know, when you think of Pac-Man that first started, <laughs> that's how old I am. But kids lose control. I mean, even then I remember parents being upset with kids throwing the remote at the TV, you know, when they first started playing Pac-Man. They didn't like the behavior they were seeing. Watch for the behavior of your children. Are they acting the way you want them to act? <laughs> um, some, another easy fix that I have here that is really important is poor nutrition can also play a large role in low dopamine levels. So foods, uh, listen to these foods. Foods such as sugars, saturated fats, cholesterol, refined foods interfere with proper brain fun- function and thus creating low dopamine. Caffeine, coffee should all be avoided as they initiate a spike in neurotransmitters but then cause dopamine levels to drop. Alcohol also restricts, restricts neurotransmitter function. Something as simple as proper nutrition and make sure they're eating better. Things like that are something that can be done easily. Well, look well. at the grocery cart of some of these people that are on uh, assistance. A lot of time it's Cheetos and Pop and, you know, food in a box is not nutrition. You know, you got to go around the outside edges where there's live food that's green and you know right. and it will exactly. spoil if you don't eat it you know that's real food exactly. uh you've right. got to get right. that i agree with you uh, wholeheartedly what what am, what right. are we seeing then is uh you know a long time ago when i first started working the bosses where i used to work would actually hand the checks out to their uh department because instead of just having somebody in payroll come through and and line up and get your check. Uh, the psychology is that you have good hormones uh, coming from receiving your paycheck, right? It's like a good thing, right? Right. right. And, and so where it comes from is where you're going to uh, feel like you've got your bread buttered from, and so you will have a different kind of relationship with your boss who pays you as opposed to a boss that doesn't pay you. So that goes back to these points where you're saying stroke the children. You may not be seeing any results there, but in that brain, they're getting these hormones released because you're reinforcing something. And if you keep banging on it, eventually that's going to overcome. Uh, right. What you're saying is it re Re, it re, reinforces that path that you're trying to to uh, establish. So I think that's a good thought. Exactly, exactly. Um, how much time did you say we had left? Oh, we got 10 minutes or so. Go, go for it. 10 minutes. Okay, let me make sure I get something in. Um, just continuing on the high-action games, um, games, it says intense play of high-action games have been known to cause negative cognitive effects. Mm-hmm. Just ask the teachers at school. I I remember them talking about this. Some of the effects are listlessness and discontent. Violent games increase more aggressive thoughts and behaviors. Reduce empathy, initiating antisocial actions. Increase um, confrontational and disruptive behavior. Those are things that teachers complained about all the time and felt like a lot of it came from the games. Um, I I did want to make sure that I left this information with you. We talked quite a bit last time about pornography. Um, I just learned and that depression, 
has becomes a major problem when there's a pornography addiction, and it's because it affects the brain. And that chemical that causes depression is one of the things that actually goes off. And where, let me see where that is. Um, oh, let me think. Okay. And one of the things I wanted to leave with people, if you want to grab a pencil and paper, there is a wonderful um, a video called What Shall I Do When I See Pornography? And kids do it. They are in there talking about it. And it is very, very good to have your children sit down and watch that video. I think you can see it on YouTube, What Shall I Do When I See Pornography? It's excellent. Okay. Um, we talked quite a bit about that last time. <clears throat> so that's something I'd really like people to, to think about and, and possibly go look. And have the nerve to talk to your kids about it. They're hearing adult stuff everywhere you go. Don't be shy about talking to them about adult stuff because they're hearing it out there. And so better come from you than from their friends. Sure. Sure. Um, this what, one last thing, the effects on the brain. Um, Humans may see the ethical and legal distinctions between child and adult pornography, but the brain does not. The authors asked the question, author, author of this book, does the brain care whether the person is physically experiencing sexuality or doing it through a medium of object sex, such as pornography? The mere system of the brain turns the virtual experience of pornography into a real experience really, really wreaking havoc with our society, which brings me to the biggest topic I want to talk about is hooking up. The trend of hooking up, meaning no commitment, and there are only negative consequences that come from this. This is something that is shocking to me, and the, this is what, what hooking up means, that you only get together for the sex. There's no commitment whatsoever. And what it causes, uh, a negative consequence to these young people that experience this casual sexual relationship is that it molds their brain, which can damage their attachment ability, and they become desensitized to the risk of short-term sexual relationships. They consider them to be harmless and acceptable. This book called Hooking, I think it's Hooked, um, by Joe McElhaney and Frida Bush is a must-buy for parents. You need to be aware of what um, sexuality is doing. The majority of teenagers regret having sex before they get married. It is something that cannot be undone. You need to talk to your children about that and the consequences thereof. Of course, the worst consequences and un unplanned pregnancies. And then that the statistics for girls who have babies out of wedlock is dismal. Um, the, there's three things. Graduate from high school, at least. Don't have a baby until you're married, and don't marry in your teens. Those are ways to avoid poverty. But to me, poverty has its, definitely has its disadvantages, but emotionally and the lack of family and commitment and connection, you're just from generation to generation. I encourage women, girls who find themselves in that, be caring enough for that child. There are adults, happily married adults that would love to adopt children. Love that child enough to let them have a home with a mom and dad. I worked with them with girls for quite a while and supported them in that decision. And it tugged at my heart like nothing else. I 
tell that girl who stayed with us when she placed her baby for adoption, and we both just cried and cried as she placed that baby. But he made another connection with her recently, and huh. she's enjoying her grandchild now. There you go. And, but he, and it's so heartbreaking to me because we have girls having babies, and it's just this cycle, and it, it, there's just no good in it whatsoever. Um, two minutes. The last chapter that, um, two minutes, okay. The last chapter, benefits of not being a wimpy parent. I had no intention of saying anything about religion, but I continued running across research after research that indicated that going to church every week improves people's families in every single area. Hmm. That is a powerful chapter that I end on. It's such a simple thing to do. Get in the habit of going to church every week. And if I have time, I'd like to read this poem. And this is what I love to sculpt. I'm an artist, but my favorite is sculpting, and that's what my logo is um, when you see it. And it's a, a head of it's, it's my my head actually. It's my picture of me when I was a kid. But this is a poem that I uh, memorized when I was young. I took a piece of plastic clay and idly fashioned it one day. And as my fingers pressed it still, it moved and yielded to my will. I came again when days were past. The bit of clay was hard at last. The form I gave it still at war, and I could change that form no more. I took a piece of living clay and gently fashioned it day by day and molded with my power and art a young child's soft and yielding heart. I came again when years were gone. It was a man I looked upon. He still that early impress bore, and I could change that form no more. Good parenting is not just something that happens because we bring children into the world. It requires hard work and is the one thing in your life that will tug at your heartstrings like nothing else. There is nothing more worthy of hard, dedicated work. It is truly a labor of love. Thank you, Jane, for being with us. We've got the break music coming up, and uh, we're glad. Go Thank to you so much for shaping, shaping the Child, right? Shapingthechild.com. You can get my book from Amazon. Or from my website. I mean, my website just has a click to Amazon. But okay. Thank you so much for having me on. You I bet. certainly appreciate it. Thank you very Happy much. Happy <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll be right back, folks, after this break. And Eli James and I will be talking about our next topic. We'll be right back. And the land is dark, and the moon is the only light we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. Oh, I won't. Eli, how you doing? Yeah, good. We're live on uh, Talk Show. We're going through a break here on All News. We'll get started after the music's over. Can you oh. hear the music? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Eli. Hey, Chip. All right. Whoops. That's our buffer in case you guys uh, use some bad words. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ASCAP makes us do that. I don't uh, believe in censoring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
the age hmm. jump sure does. <laughs> That's delay the delay being put in. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Sponsor, huh? Okay. Marijuana investors and cannabis investments are in high demand due to the booming medical marijuana industry that consists of marijuana investment opportunities. At Valley Medical, we are licensed to not only grow, but to manufacture and produce pharmaceutical grade medicine from the cannabis plant. We are also licensed to perform research and development relating to medical and other uses of the cannabis plant. Making large profits investing in medical marijuana businesses can be achieved in a short time, which is the nature of the medical marijuana business. The future of medical marijuana investments brings endless opportunities for both the small and large private marijuana investors to make great returns on their investments. The opportunity for private investors to invest in the medical marijuana industry today allows greater opportunity for profit in a shorter time frame than any other investment opportunity. This industry is known as the new gold rush. The return on marijuana business investing is substantial for the marijuana investor and will be paid back in a timely manner. We are also open to discussing the possibility of you buying into this business as a co-owner via private stock. We are always willing to listen to any ideas or proposals anyone may have to offer. Remember, marijuana investors are making big profits in short periods of time. The current return on investment is as high as 2% per month, paid on a quarterly basis. Invest with us today. Visit us at www.valleymedgroup.co. That's www.valleymedgroup.co. to All News Network, and now your host for The Waterman Fire, Dr. John Waterman. Got one of those new ones for you too, Eli. All right, great. Thank you. A new female voice uh, introducing. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Can she do Hillary's voice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a paid a female voice, right? <laughs> in that elixir was inspiration, rapture, revelation, and transcendence. Mm-hmm. 
that libation of transubstantiation was found to be resurrection blend, and it was good. And there were many coming for more, and much was quaffed. And what word and what sacred host will be on the supplicant's lips as they meet their coffee maker? In constant quest of the supreme being, your immaculate roast master at Raven's Brew Coffee offers this revival of heavenly flavor and sacrament of wakefulness in a blend of some of the most blessed beans in all creation. Resurrection blend, the chosen one. You're live. Doc, you're live. Hello, he must have stepped away. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I had to start that because we're getting ready to talk about Super Tuesday. <laughs> All I see uh, is a bad moon rising. Yeah. We've got this thing called Super Tuesday, Eli. You and I were going to talk about it, right? I ain't no senator's son. <laughs> That's another one you could have played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about this stuff? You know, here we've got Rubio talking about the manly parts of Trump not being very big. Oh, uh, really? When, oh, yeah, when uh, uh, Rubio basically was a, a homo, gay, uh, <laughs> male stripper, uh, Chippendale right? fellow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and uh, we've, got, uh, we've got crews slamming people with uh, vile talk and, and lying and lying and constantly lying. Right. And, and his wife is a, a Goldman Sachs uh, uh, executive. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. Where, do we, where does this stop? What goes on? What, what's, yeah. Well, it's what's like the devil on? accusing somebody of being a liar, right? <laughs> this is, but this is where the level of politics has gotten in these last days, and I do mean last days, because anybody who's got eyes to see can see that the society is utterly crumbling, utterly crumbling, and uh, none of these politicians are actually going to reverse the tide, that's for sure. Uh, the problem is that all of these all of these candidates are all tied in heavily with the Zionists, and that includes, uh, that includes Trump. And Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton are actually are the worst of all of them because the Democratic Party has nothing but Zionist communist roots you know, going all the way back to Woodrow Wilson. You know, when they, the uh, Democratic Party has had the Communist Manifesto, the Ten Planks of the Communist Manifesto, as part of its platform since the 30s. So uh, you can't expect anything, you know, more communism from the left, from the Democrats. But the Republican, at least Trump is talking like he's going to do some conservative things. I'm not yeah. sure I believe him, but he's the only one saying anything really conservative. At least he's, at least he's feigning yeah. what we want to hear. <laughs> yeah, the right. other people, the other people are just telling you what they're going to do to you. You're right. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting? Why do you think that the 
Republican Party is now trying to ditch and dump Trump. I know. Maybe our listeners need to hear. What, do you, what is it? Well, it's uh, because he's a real conservative. The Republican Party, uh, I have to take us back to the 1996 contract with America when a bunch of uh, brand-new Republican congressmen were voted in. And uh, before they even got voted in, they, they were promising – a, you know, to scale down the welfare state, get the government out, get government spending under control, et cetera, et cetera. And then they were elected. And then uh, Newt Gingrich sabotaged the contract for America. All right. So, okay. And that's the way politics goes. And uh, it just, you know, whenever anybody promises something to the taxpayer and the conservatives in America, it always gets sabotaged, always. So I really don't expect anything different this time, even if Trump would get elected. There were supposed to be Newt Gingrich and Janet Reno promised that they would send uh, um, 20,000 federal troops or federal agents or some kind of federal something Mm -hmm. as guards on the border. Uh, right. Not one. Not one showed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if anything, they opened the gates. As opposed, I think to... that I think really what put Trump sideways of the uh, Zog Empire, don't you, was when he said we're going to build a wall. Well, yeah. The, now, the the major thrust of Jewish politics globally is to flood white nations with immigrants, non-white immigrants, okay? And uh, virtually every Jew on the planet has admitted that that's what we want. And uh, and it serves two purposes for the Jews. Number one, it dilutes the Republican Party, the conservative party, by bringing in people who are always going to vote Democratic or vote for the welfare state, because that's, that's a major aspect of the democratic platform. Okay, so every illegal alien, legal, whatever, any, but most of them are in fact illegal, uh, and they get voting rights, they, they get welfare, they get driver's licenses, they, they get low-cost loans, uh, which the average American can't even get, or grants. Yeah, or, or grants. grants. They don't. Yeah, there you go. Back. Yeah, and so uh, these people are going to vote democratic because it's the Democratic Party that's promising these things. Right, and all these these schemes have been concocted by Jewish socialists and communists, such as Bernie Sanders. And uh, by the way, Bernie Sanders is another one of these left wing hippies who never had a real job in his life, like uh, <laughs> ju- just like uh, well, probably Janet Reno too, right? And uh, but uh, Michelle and Barack, they never had real jobs in their life. Okay, these are all government cronies bureaucratic, uh, commie, commie uh, operatives is what they are. And uh, I, I cannot see why anybody would even think of voting for Bernie Sanders because he's an out-and-out communist. But, of course, he <laughs> promises the goodies. So uh, anybody who's a welfare recipient will vote for Bernie, All right, well, but not a real it's American. It's interesting to me that one of the things they'll never, you're never going to see passed is term limits. Right, yeah. Uh, because that ruins their retirement plan, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> right. Well, it's all about the big government versus the people. The idea that the government serves the people today is ridiculous. Oh. It's not happening. 
All right, the government has become they, the number they, one they, enemy. They feel like the, they're uh, the uh, ruling empire, and they're going to tell us what to do. It, it's an agenda. It's obvious to me that, well, let me put it this way. We weren't people marching on the square after 911 to have passed the Communist uh, uh, Patriot Act. Right. We weren't marching to have that passed. We weren't in the streets saying, give us protection and pass the Patriot Act. And we weren't in the streets saying, give us a, a, a health system that we have to pay for whether we use it or not. Right. Yeah. Again, this is all socialism. communism. You yeah. know, it's just like that uh, that professor, this is a real true story, that said that he was going to have his students were complaining, why don't you use uh, the policies of Obama and communism and and uh, the welfare state? He says, okay, we will. In this class, we will. So they, he, they took a test. And uh, he averaged out. Well, they all, yeah, he averaged out all the grades, and everybody passed. But the people that were studying real hard, that usually made A's, they they made B's. Mm -hmm. Or C's. And the ones that use, and and the ones that usually flunked, uh, they made C's. You know, Mm -hmm. they 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 moved up, and so that happened again. And by the third time, the people that were really working hard said, "I'm not getting a grade." Mm -hmm. So they quit working hard. Right. Pretty pretty soon, everybody quit. Okay. And guess what happened? The entire class flunked that course, and they all complain. And he says, after that, he says, well, you got exactly what you asked for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have a communist system, and that's what you thought would work. How do you like it now? And he flunked every one of them. Right. Yeah. So Very what good. we've got, what we've got out there. It is deplorable, isn't it? It's just absolutely. Of course, Hillary Clinton just tells people whatever they, whatever it's going to take. Now, tell me something. Hillary Clinton hasn't. There hasn't been in the media one iota lately for three weeks about the classified information. Get this: Hillary Clinton releases all kinds of information. In fact, gives. The Chinese missile secrets. Right. She, she gives all kinds of uh, classified information v- via her unsecured server, and she's running for president. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And and uh, and uh, there's this another this other guy who is a criminal, a treasonous criminal. They want to execute, and he had to flee to Russia because he did the same thing. He released classified information. Right. Yeah, Eric Snowden, I think you're talking about. Right, the, the yeah. Snowden problem. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't release anything nearly as bad as what Hillary has been releasing, right? Yeah. She's a but far more security he, he wasn't the one committing the fraud. He was just exposing, exposing it. it. Yeah, he was yeah. exposing it. Right. Well, so, that's what so, happens to whistleblowers. So like if that. that's the case, and she has the power to shut down the media, which she that yeah, means she, does. she might be the, the, the tip of the spear of a behind-the-scenes conspiracy that's being run by the Zog government. What's right. your thoughts there? Do you think she's going to make it to be president? I mean, that's a chilling thought. Well, uh, I think she's got a great chance because the vast the, the media, the kosher press, is not, uh, not grilling her on, on anything, right? 
And so it's probably going to be Hillary versus Trump, and uh, the Jewish vote is going to go to Hillary. There's no doubt about that. And uh, the left-wing vote is going to go to Hillary, the feminist vote, and, uh, you know, the black vote. It's all going to go to Hillary. So the only people voting for Trump will be white conservatives. I would think he would get more of the women's vote this time than last time uh, because, uh, you know, I think the women's vote Mm -hmm. and and the liberal vote, whether it be male or female, they were trying to project that we're not racist, so we're voting for a black guy, right? So they voted for Obama. Now, if there's no blacks in the the race this time, uh, I think most women don't, don't can't stand Hillary. Well, who okay. who do you think's got the edge on on corrupt ballot stuffing the box? Oh uh, well, who, yeah, uh, I think because the Jews control that, and the Jews really hate Trump because he's he's messing with their ace in the hole. That is the uh, flooding the white world with non-white immigrants. That he opposes their main agenda. That's their main issue right now. That uh, he, they see him as standing in their way, so they they want to see Hillary become president. I think they do too. But yeah. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this tonight. Um, there are a lot of people out there, Eli, that have a lot of information on Hillary, and uh, I want to just mention that. It probably won't meet the light of day on major mainstream media. Mm-hmm. But when we get our hands on it, and we have our hands on it, and it's important to have timing is all that's important. Right. We're going to try and make this viral. So, folks, you need to stand by, be listening to both uh, Eli and me on our broadcast. indictable information, we're certainly going to let you know about it because, well, you know, CNN is not going to do it. No, no, they're not. No, the mass media is going to protect her all the way, but so is the Democratic Party. So are the Zionists, all the money lords. You know, they don't care about national security. Mm -hmm. They're they're nationalists. They're they're right. And now I got... We, I can't tell where this information is coming from, but there is somebody in our ground crew that heard a little bit about this, but there's also in the web bot something. I have never been uh, leaning this way, Eli, in a lot of the uh, you know, chat in the alternative world and in the, in the communities that uh, you and I might be you know, inclined to be called alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, They've often said, oh, there's not going to be an election. There's not going to be, a, you know, for some reason or other, they always think the martial law is going to be declared. Well, I have not. I said, there's no way. And I, this all started back, I think the first time I heard this was when uh, Bill Clinton was getting ready to be elected. That was 92, wasn't it? Uh, um, yeah, uh, I think maybe 96. Really? Did, okay, well, did you say reelected? No, elected the first oh, time. Oh, okay, right, okay. So anyway, uh, anyway, it was the first time Bill Clinton, and so that's been a right. while, that, and I said, no, no, no. And I've been saying no now then for about, what is this, you know, 25 years. Right. Now, let me, let me, I'm changing my tune now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I would actually agree with you, Doc, if it weren't for the fact that uh, – Hillary 
is just an Obama clone. And uh, you know, if there was any ch- if there was any chance of Trump getting elected, uh, they would you know they would uh, have Obama declare martial law. But either way, mm-hmm. whether it's Trump or Hillary, uh, the Jews are going to run the show in, in, in yeah. any case. Okay, so well, they're not really, they're not afraid of that. Let's yeah. let's say that you know Obama says, ah, "I'm tired of all this. I don't huh. want to do all this work. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to do this work anymore." Right. Mm-hmm. So he might like be inclined to say, you know, if there's not going to be election, I certainly don't want to be hanging around here. So he might give it to Hillary. He might give it to Biden. Uh, you know, the options could be very, very nasty, maybe even worse, uh, because uh-huh. uh, I think Obama's just an opportunist, yeah. opportunist, and I think uh, Hillary is just pure evil. Oh, that's but right. Here, yeah. <laughs> but here's what uh, the web bot I- is said. Uh, Cliff High uh, has uh, posted uh, uh, yesterday uh, some short-term data from the new uh, WebBot coming out. Uh, it's just uh, kind of spooky sounding. Oh, I hear some. Uh, yeah. I hear some feedback. Yeah. Okay, here here it is. Short-term data has bad news for the presidential selection USA population uh, stuff. Okay. Global bank failures lead to national bankruptcy okay. before the before presidential the vote. Yes. <laughs> so now what okay. do you suppose could happen if we have a total right. national bank, our national bank, our, our central banks, all of them going broke before election? What right. do you suppose is going to happen to our elections? Well, you know, we've been saying for a long time they they need a really good excuse to declare martial law, and that would be that would be a pretty good excuse. You know, like I know we've been I and I think you and I have been in pretty much agreement that some kind of nine eleven type event uh, would would require something like that to declare martial law. You know, blame it on somebody, blame it on white nationalists, blame it on Christian identity. Uh, blame it on Eli or Doc, right? And then <laughs> declare martial law, right? But yeah, this financial crisis, uh, and I, Doc, I wouldn't even put it past them that that they could actually stage uh, such a financial crisis and over overstate the case of and course. use it and use it as an excuse to declare they'd martial law. It. Yeah, yeah, they just. Say it's the uh, right. All they have to do is say it. Nobody know any. Nobody be the wiser, right? Well, they'd love for it to go bankrupt because now they get to keep their chalets in uh, Vail, right. Colorado, and they can and, take our guns away. Sure. Well, they can try. They can try. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another reason for it because they know that uh, the su- Supreme Court can't rule uh, can't rule against the Second Amendment. It can't. I mean, the revolution would start the minute if the Supreme Court made such a ruling. The revolution would start the next day. Uh, there's, they're not going to. Let me tell you what. I don't think they successfully would go door to door. They'd uh, yeah. by the time they got to, uh, you know, maybe one tenth of them, they'd all be dead before they got to right. the rest of them. Oh yeah. Uh, whether yeah. or not people would be dead, they'd be dead. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. These well, people. I know I mean, people in California. Uh, if martial law and the, the guns were the government said we're taking your guns away, uh, Barbara Boxer and uh, <laughs> Diane Feinstein uh, better hire a uh, hundred security guards. 
Oh yeah, yeah. There'd be they'd be look. There'd be right. no, no. You know, there'd be some people out there that say, "I have nothing to lose." Where's Barbara? Yeah, yeah that's right. how it would be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Where's another Diane? thing. Where's Chucky? Now here's the difference right? between America and and like Europe and France. Right as we speak, they started bulldozing in some of these. Uh, refugee camp uh, slum tent places where they okay. uh, been and they started leaving them and going onto the freeway and blocking the freeway trucks mm-hmm. and throwing uh, big pieces of concrete in their windshields and everything right i saw these videos myself folks and they were by the hundreds on the freeway blocking traffic until this guy came in a semi truck Mm-hmm. And he was going about 55 to 60 miles an hour is my guess. Yeah. And he did not stop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he he was he he didn't have any guns to protect himself, but he did have a truck. Right. <laughs> and, and he didn't care how many people were going to be in front yeah. of him. He'd run over every one of them. Right. And right. I'm going to tell you what, those little chickens ran like banty roosters off that freeway. Right. Sure. And I'm telling you this, you know what? If they can cause this commotion and fight like this, they need to go back home and fight for the freedom of their country. Yes, of their own country. We got right. our freedom by bloodshed. They need to go back home and fight for freedom in their country. Right. Because as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason that they're here except they're just a bunch of cowards. That's right. That's right. Well, there, there are, there's, I'm sure there's a few actual refugees, but the vast majority of them are actually, uh, as you can see by the, the videos, they're uh, young men, uh, teenager, and maybe up to 30. That, that's the vast majority of these people. You know, where are all the women and children and the old men, <laughs> right, that are typical of refugees? You know, you're not seeing yeah, too many not, of those. They're not so, there. They're yeah. not there, are they? Yeah, so this is an invasion. They've been promised goodies. Uh, George Soros has uh, given them instructions on how to enter Europe and claim welfare benefits, and that's what these people are. It's a welfare invasion of Europe. And, of course, Obama's doing the same thing here. You know, he's invited. There's been millions spent, right? and those millions could have just been spent building them what they needed to right. to make their lives better. Now you go, well, right. they're at war. Well, then right. go back and fight back. That's all right. I can say. Right. Because if you're not willing to die for your country, fight for every liberty right. that you've got. But, it's, not our, it's, it's not our business. It's, right. I mean, it's yeah. not our – we shouldn't be just going, oh – I'm sorry you're having a problem and that you don't want your cowards and you don't want to fight for your liberty. We could have given them the weapons right. to go back and fight, but they are that's not the agenda, is it? It's not no. been that is not what they're trying to do now. If you talk to some of these guys or hear some of what they're saying, they're using these refugees are not refugees. They're using this as kind of a shahadist Oh yeah, absolutely. Of a of uh, Anglo-Saxon, and they're they're not here as refugees. They know they're not here as refugees. Right. They just well, see it as an opportunity, don't they? Right. Yeah. Well, well, here's the difference. By the way, I just have to interject this. Uh, I got a news report here that in Fort Wayne, Indiana, three Somali so-called refugees were executed in uh, the, their halfway house. Uh, I guess they had raped 
some people and uh some citizens attract them to this house and they and they were found dead uh, this type of thing is happening now in Europe and America because the American people are sick and tired and fed up uh, of this invasion of illegal immigrants who have have not had any input into what America was created for and by all right these countries that they're coming from do not have any tradition of representative government they're all uh pro, you know in in Islamic countries they're the product of the imam right uh, they follow orders from their imam it, th- these are all countries and that includes Israel uh, which has a semblance of democracy but it's total top down democracy and they don't even have a local rule they just have a slate of parties okay and then uh, the citizens vote for a, a slate of parties you know that, that doesn't that's not republicanism that's again that's top down government so it's dictatorial government all right so uh, and that's what the Jews want they want to destroy white style republican government now the difference between America and Europe is that um, Europe has been socialized ever since World War II. Virtually every government in Europe is a communist-style, socialist-style government. Okay? So right. people have there have gotten used to the idea that you do what the government tells you, right? But that has never been a tradition here in America. And despite the, uh, how hard the federal government has tried to get the people to be uh, placid and obedient, there's always been a hardcore of right-wing people who say, no, I'm not having any of that. Go to hell, right? So, well, it's the salt of the earth that are, saying, right. this, that are saying liberty is more important than what you're calling security. Right. And uh, you know what they say? Well, we're going to secure you. Why in the world would they want to when the people are saying, don't worry about it, we can take care of it ourselves? Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you would think they wouldn't go to the trouble of going you know, and making something so that you have to work and put people in place and find right. money to pay all these protectors when the people are literally saying, leave it alone, we'll take care of it. They're not listening to the will of the people because, Eli, this is war. That's right. This is a war against our nation. It's a war to take it back. You know, when they start saying, oh, you're anti-government, yeah, we're anti-rogue government. Right. We are anti-corrupt government. We are anti- uh, Dictatorship. Anti- <laughs> Dictatorship. We are yep. anti-communist. We're anti, and especially the East German Stasi-style stuff, which is absolutely ruthless. That's right. Which came to KGB. Us. Yeah. Well, that's what which, the CIA and FBI have morphed into. Of course. And that's mm-hmm. what we got with the Patriot Act. That's right. That's so right. It, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, well, what, we've, what we're dealing with now, of course, is a, the, the, the same development that preceded the American Revolution. The British government was imposing all kinds of draconian laws prohibiting the citizens of the colonies from doing commerce among themselves. They had to go with the Bank of England and uh, trade exclusively with England, but that limited the opportunities for advancement of the colonialists, okay? And uh, so they rebelled against that. That's what caused the Boston Tea Party. 
And uh, now, and now, what's happening today is just uh, taking a little longer to develop because the enemy is within. Oh, it's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The the incredible thing about it is, is that the good people of America want to rule, go by the rule of law, but they're confused what the lawful law really is. Yes. And the Patriot Act is illegal. It is, yes. But people are so willing to be uh, compliant because they're trying to do the right thing, they do not realize that the Patriot Act is an act of war against the American people. Right. Yeah, and they, they always name these acts in the exact opposite of what they really intend. Okay, the, the act is not for patriots. It's actually the anti-patriot <laughs> act, yeah. and the whole purpose of it is to rob us of our patriotic freedoms. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? You yeah. know, I last time there was a, a mayoral election, um, uh, election of a mayor going on, I went to every candidate. The existing one was nowhere to be found because he was corrupt. I walked up to him, and when I asked them this question, they looked at me cross-eyed and almost stuttered. With they had no one guy said, "Well, I'm willing to listen." Uh-huh. And my question is, when you get elected, what are you going to do to give me more liberty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't know. They didn't know what to say. Right. I mean, it was the furthest thing in their mind. They knew sure. all the things they were going to restrict. But they certainly had no plans to give us more liberty in town. Right. Or, you know, if you had a real person that knew what was going on, he would say, well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of all these anti-constitutional codes that are coming against the people in this city. Sure. So, sure. But they don't even have a clue. They yeah. are so Eli, how did we get so damn stupid? Well, the, the vast majority of politicians today, and especially government bureaucrats, are all products of the ultra-left, ultra-liberal, pro-communist university agenda. Oh, that's okay? for sure. The, the people coming out of the colleges who are expected to take government positions are all communists, whether they call, it, call themselves communists or not, that's what they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. None of them mm-hmm. believe in the rights of the people. They all believe the government should rule over the people. That's why you have these ridiculous, you know, uh, <laughs> school headmasters who are you know, and, they're, and they're promoting. You know, they say uh, if you're a transgender person, you can use whatever toilet you want. You know, uh, well, if, well, look you know, if I were a woman, home. you know, and some man dressed yep. like a woman came into the, I, I, I'd take, I, you know, I'd flush the guy down the toilet. Is what I would do, <laughs> right? So th- this is absurd, <laughs> utterly absurd. What's happening today? But the liberals are all behind it. That's that's true. Uh, you know what? Instead of them moving somewhere where a nation allows it, like Israel, or where they actually promote it, like Israel, or yeah. where they steal and parasitically steal it from people, like Israel, right. they come here and do it, and they yeah. are telling you, oh, well, you can't resist that's anti-government. Yes, we are anti-corrupt government. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, right. they hate it when you say stuff like, you know, Constitution. And, well, if you say Constitution one t- more time in this courtroom, I'm going to, I'm going to right. throw you in for contempt of court. 
when was the last time we heard that lady that talked about that she was a um, a, a legal defense in Germany for Zundel? Remember right. that? Yeah. Uh-huh. She couldn't even talk. She yeah. got thrown in jail for defending him for challenging right. just because, the Holocaust. Yeah, just because he denied the Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason and, we've got to we've reason we've got to realize that's in existence in Germany, folks. Right. Is but not just Germany. In, in Canada, well, in Germany, the judge though, said to Zindel, "Truth is no defense." Well, that's true. <laughs> but the reason why it was happening there in Germany is because Germany, after World War II, come under the complete control of the Jewish-Israeli government. Right, exactly. Complete control. Exactly. And that's it's still why, an occupied government. It's still an occupied Well, look nation. what's happening to Germany today, and there are three million more refugees on the way to Germany. Yeah. I am surprised right now that the chancellor has not been shot. Right. I, I'm well, they don't really... have guns. <laughs> the Germans don't That's have what? guns, right? <laughs> Maybe a crossbow. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The bows today can do pretty good. Very yes, quiet. they can. <laughs> yes, they well, can. Well, Eli, where is this taking us? Where where, where do you see this well, going it, with this uh, it, it's Tuesday all going, It's all going to get worse, and uh, I'd say rightfully so, because the American people – need to understand that there's a difference between representative government and dictatorship. And uh, the American people have been asleep at the switch, uh, not observing what's going on. They've been watching television, watching soap operas, and basically being non-participatory non-citizens. Okay? This is what you get when you're asleep, you know, uh, politically asleep. And the American now, this is Yahweh's wake-up call to the American people. Hey, you know you've uh, you've allowed the Jews to take over your country, and uh, now here's what you get when you allow this, right? And and uh, I've said this many times: the churches are just as guilty as the liberals and the Jews. The churches are just as guilty for a lot. In fact, the Catholic Church is one of the most guilty parties, because uh, look at it this way, Doc. Throughout history, Protestant countries, which typically are white Anglo-Saxon Protestant countries, have had much greater liberty than Catholic countries. Catholic countries are basically ruled over by a dictator who calls himself the Pope. And he is not about to give liberties to any of these people. Okay, that's why you have this sex scandal in the Catholic Church, and nothing's going to resolve this sex scandal until the Catholic Church finally collapses, and it will. Well, it's got to be gone. It's, you know, in my opinion, and I know this isn't a universal thought, but I'm not too sure that the people that murdered Christ actually were no different than the ones that started that thing, because uh, they lost their control mechanism at the and in, in, they had taken over because they had the uh, confessionals even, or so to speak, yeah. you know, they had the people come to them. And, of course, that had been compromised, and we had the synagogue of Satan going, and they just said, oh, gosh, now we got to have them come. Let's just get us a Jesus church going. Right. So, right. hey, I've got some information that I alluded to earlier. Okay. I cannot tell even what state this is. I will not even tell what venue this information came to but it was a public venue where a group of FBI people were. Someone 
that we have a couple of miles from or one mile from talk to the FBI uh, uh, in a kind of a calm conversation about the techniques that they were well that's getting too close to where the venue is uh-huh okay um, they were talking to them <laughs> <laughs> and what the FBI said to this person thinking it wouldn't get out over a radio possibly to hundreds of thousands of people now, is that the FBI told them there will not be an election okay. this year. Now, All that's right. pretty, That's pretty. you know, that could, if you heard that personally, that would probably raise the hair on your neck. But <clears throat> you know what? It fits pretty well uh, with what I had kind of been wondering about in the first place. Uh, but even if, you know, all corruption, if the worst corruption breaks loose, Hillary Clinton will be in there and, and she'll mount the beast, so to speak, because she's as evil as the whore of Babylon was. Right. And, or is the representative of it. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Sure. Uh, but, but, but this fits, I think, the possibility. Can you imagine an FBI – well – the reason why they found out was because they pulled their billfold out and their badge flopped out, and they said, oh, you're FBI. Mm-hmm. And so they had a little discussion about a couple topics, and and I don't want to say what that, how that went. I don't want to get – because it sure. would reveal where they were. And they just said in a response, the FBI said there will not be basically what they were doing, where they were at, was preparing for no elections this year. I can't say any more than that because of safety, okay? Okay. Now that is, and if I could get more private, I would tell you, and by the way, Eli, uh, we've got about, before we get to the bottom hour or five minutes, Uh we need to talk about our October agenda, tentative agenda. But but what's your thoughts there? Do you... Can you see this year being that year where if it would collapse, we wouldn't have an election because of that? I think the... You said uh, it already, but... Yeah, yeah, I think the Zionists uh, are seeing the handwriting on the wall that the American people haven't been cajoled or kowtowed to the uh, Zionist agenda. The, The American people are, in fact, still resisting. And of course, by Americans, I mean white. It's only white people that are resisting tyranny. The rest of them are part of it, or, or, or uh, you know, basically subservient to it. So mm-hmm. they're seeing that the white people are not—they're <laughs> not giving up. And so, and they have to take over. They have to take martial law before there's an organized militia revival. That's what they're afraid of. Oh, they're scared to death of that. Let yeah, me tell you. Right, terrified of that. So they they just need an excuse to declare martial law. So I, I think that's a distinct possibility. Yeah, they do, they should be scared to death of successful former commanders. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, resurrecting yeah. the crew because yeah. some of those were pretty big wrecking balls. They had right. Right. Uh, a huge. Uh, in fact, I mean, they rattled in the past. They rattled the establishment so bad that they caused 
Newt Gingrich and Janet Reno, like I say, to go on a speaking tour to talk to them at a national conference in a little bitty town where one of the commanders was. Isn't that just incredible? Right. That, that, but and here's why they knew they had to do it, because they knew from their tapping of the militia commanders and conversations on the phones that they did actually have the wherewithal, and it was there, and they were scared to death. Right. And they better be. They had the government better be scared to death. And right now, and what they, they should be saying they is, are. Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. America, tell us what we'll do. Just tell us what you want. Well, they're so they're hubris. Their impunity right. won't let them see uh, the danger that's before them, and that's right. you know uh, that's violating the will of the American people. Yeah. Vigilantism has started. Uh, it's happening in Europe. It has started to happen in America. And uh, the people who know what liberty is, uh, just as Lavoie Finicum would prefer death to slavery, uh, he set the example. He became the first martyr, not the first, but the most public martyr of the cause of liberty in America against our current Zionist occupation government. And the Zionists can see the handwriting on the wall that it's not <laughs> – the American people are not going to roll over and, and die. They're no, not going to no. do that. So they've let, got let to me, do something we drastic. To, we, need yeah. to, we need to tell the, the, the uh, cogs in the wheel, those in uh, law enforcement, they're going to have to make some choices. Are you going to be following the will of the people – and you have to realize, Cogs, uh, that the will of the people is not the ballot box anymore because that's stolen. Right. You need to look at what's going on in these Republican primaries to see Hillary right. Clinton's lucky to have 100 at her group. She had six come to uh, one of the states she went to. Six showed up at the airport. Uh-huh, right. On the other on the other hand, anti-establishment mentality. And those are all her lesbian lovers. Probably so. She probably <laughs> called them all. It's probably a group therapy thing, you know. Right. There you go. <laughs> so so one of the things though that's going on with the Trump thing is anti-establishment. No, that is an anti-government, folks. It's anti-corrupt government. And he has six to 7,000 people that he has to make venues available for them to, to go to. Right. Folks, the cogs in the wheel, the law enforcement that is just saying, they're do, you better start doing the job the Constitution says, and that means protect the Constitution and the law of the land and quit being bought off. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're one of those jerks out there, dealing the drugs in these counties, you're going down. You're just going to go down. And right. it won't be any many person's fault except your own because the local people, they know who you are, and they just haven't got you yet. But when all hell breaks loose, that ain't going to stop them. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your your vigilante groups come to your door, and it's going to be your last day. So That's if you right. want to clean it up, you better start pretty soon because yeah. you need to be doing the will of the people. Right. Well, all of these corrupt public officials are in between a rock and a hard place because they've been doing the will of the ADL and Zog for all these years, yep. buying the will of the people, 
and they, they've been dreading this day. They've been dreading the day when the people start fighting back, and that started. And they and they think that there's nothing to lose. They well, don't I care. Mean, yeah, well, they, uh, they up until the now, there, there right? hasn't been. But now they, you know, an angry mob of, you remember Frankenstein? <laughs> the, the angry mob of people with the pitchforks and, and the axes, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's what these politicians are going to start seeing. That's right. Huh? Well, that's right. Eli, we're going to be getting together. Yeah. Um, tentatively, folks, Eli and I have been uh, talking. Why don't you tell us about October the 9th and what that date in the, and and actually uh, actually a week later, which would be um, let me go over the here to the 16th. calendar and get yeah. the 16th. What the 16th is? Yeah. And, well, the and night- yeah, the ninth to the sixteenth is the Feast of Tabernacles for uh, those of us in identity who follow the solar calendar. And uh, I typically uh, host a uh, Feast of Tabernacles meeting uh, either in the Ozarks or uh, we've had one in California or in uh, Indiana, you know, places like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, we're planning on doing that now in the Ozarks uh, this year and. Uh, it's a, it's an eight day feast and uh, it goes from uh, October 9th to October 16th. So, but there's we can do other things in the meantime because I know you have something planned as well. Yeah, I was I was uh, thinking that uh, we, on the 18th that the ground crew, which has been planning to get together, if all things, if the October surprises not yeah. surprises, all right. Right. That, that we well, could get to, we could get together. <laughs> so uh, tentatively, folks, uh, on the 16th that weekend, which is uh, the 15th and the 16th, uh, maybe arriving on uh, the 14th and that weekend, we could have our our ground crew gathering, and it would be a a nice good mix with the other people that might be coming and gathering. It would be the end of that uh, event. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we could kind of mix the prepping with the uh, potential for uh, making yeah, new feast. friends and like-minded people. Right. right. Yeah. Feast of, well, see, uh, yeah, there is. Uh, I think Pastor Dan uh, really expressed it well on Sunday. He, he's been finding that many more people than ever have been speaking our language and uh, speaking about uh, the Bible and the Constitution and liberty all in the same breath, right? And uh, as Lavoie Finnicum did, and uh, so the 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 biblical resistance, which is really uh, there's not too many, but there are a few mainstream Christians who still believe in the Constitution, um, and then you know we have the sheriffs. There's a, a constitutional sheriffs organization. There, so there are a fair number of biblical slash constitutional groups out there, and uh, you know, they've been speaking our language. They've, they've been you know, talking about we have an enemy within that needs to be dealt with, and uh, they're talking our language now. It's been happening very gradually, but these people are starting to talk our language. They're even using our slogans, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it would be great to see the preppers, and the identity people come together and, and uh, you know, uh, watch this thing grow. Well, so folks, uh, mark your calendars. It would be uh, in the Ozarks, 
uh, it would be, looks like we're uh, probably tentatively scheduled for October 14th, 15th. We'll get you some information. If you're interested in coming, either contact Eli or myself. And Eli, where can they contact you at? Well, my email address is elijames at att.net. elijames at att.net. Okay. Um, and, of course, mine's ground crew at unseen, U-N-S-E-E-N dot I-S. That's Iceland, not Israel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yes, I'm stateside, but our servers for all this are out of the country. Right. right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Eli, any, any other thoughts here? we got about uh, three minutes or so. Well, I think, uh, again, what we're dealing with is liberty. And our liberties are God-given. It says so in our, not the Constitution, but in our Declaration of Independence. It says that our our rights are derived from God, not from the government. Okay? And this, a true patriot, believes that. And on the other side, we have the communists and socialists and atheists (laughs) who, uh, you know, basically agree that it's okay to be a slave of the government. Well, you just you just uh, wiped out the the Democratic Party. But, yeah, if you're Demo- right, yeah. but if they're a Democrat, they can still come. Yeah, right. But they'll have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll have to listen to some, some conservative talk. If you yeah. are interested in coming, make sure you contact us. And Eli, you and I need to put the pot together to see how many we're going to need to plan for right. so that we can contact the facilities. Uh, we're trying to pick a venue that's secure, private, mm-hmm. and gives us the um, ability to kind of adjust to the size, anything from small to, to bigger groups. So please right. let us know. And if uh, it all doesn't break loose by then, and now I'm just going to tell you this much as a caveat, the web bot is saying it's supposed to break loose September, October, and that's the final collapse of the monetary system, which might then bring in no elections the very next month. But, hey, right. if it broke loose while we were there, we'll just take over, right? Right. There you go. Yeah. Right. There's plenty of water. There's gobs of places. It's on a lake. Uh, we, we'd be set. In fact, there's stables with horses. We'd uh-huh. be all set. All right. Yeah, I haven't been horseback riding in years. <laughs> You're not going to get me on one now, though. I'll yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I've, I've ridden horses a, a lot of my life, and I know what I feel like when I get back off of one now. Right. And it takes me uh, three or four uh, weeks for me to feel like I'm not straddling a barrel, you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, this uh, this whole movement uh, we can see it's growing. Uh, I've been in this movement since 1979. That's when I went to my first uh, identity pro-white, pro-nationalist mm-hmm. conference. Well, you and, were you were yeah. probably being, being tutored by uh, Sheldon Emery and the yeah. likes of those kind of folks. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And we really thought we were going to overthrow the Zog. The Zog uh, coup because they have created a coup over america and we really thought we were going to kick those bastards out however they passed a law in illinois and missouri where our meetings were held uh, saying that you cannot have a militia and bible study at the same time (laughs) that that was considered dangerous right give me a break you know okay 
Yep, they actually right. passed well, laws we'll like call that. It, we'll, yep. we'll call them mighty men of valor then. Yeah, okay. there you go. <laughs> right. yeah. Eli, well, it's been good to have you the together. Inevitable. Yes. yes, it's been good to be with you today. Likewise, brother. Okay. And uh, we'll get together and get some of this. Uh, just uh, get a hold of us, folks, and let us know if you're interested. All right, and, very good. And uh, Eli, you be safe now. You too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we bless. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, and that's... Uh, that's pretty much got it for uh, today, folks, and uh, we're going to just kind of let it go. And I think, uh, Chip, we sent you, I sent you, uh, do you still have that? Uh, everybody loves it. That's why I like to play it. It's yep, the, uh, yeah, right. all right, good. Let's do it to it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. That was a great show, Doc. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Everybody yeah. did real well. Yeah, I'm glad we... It's kind of different for me to get used to all the different stuff now that it's here in my house. <laughs>
Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.